Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Cosmic Car Wash podcast again. Uh, Paul Daly here, my uh, best friend in this whole world, Rick Kaiser. And uh, yeah, it's good to be here again. It's good to be here. I was just saying to to Rick, you know, I was saying to you before we came on that uh, this morning in my devotion time, I was just so tired and really struggling to stay awake. And I remember having the thought like, it'll all be all right. Once we get to this podcast, once we start talking about the kingdom of God and, you know, that thought was very motivating and, and exciting because this is really a highlight of my day and getting some good feedback on uh, our episode from last week um, about shameless audacity and having such a dramatic impact on our lives. You know, just this whole idea of uh, how we position ourselves, how we posture ourselves. That's what we kind of came to last week was, you know, shameless audacity becomes a posture that we take where we are united with Christ and we pray for the honor of God's name and we pray about his character and his reputation and uh, not from a place of weakness or <laughs> I like you mentioned, uh, sometimes our prayers become uh, a recitation of somebody's resume. You know, they're such a good person. You really ought to do this for them, God, if you can find it in your heart. But, I mean, that's not how Jesus prayed. You know, he prayed with shameless audacity to his father. He taught his followers to do the same and on down through the, the millennia. So, um, good. yeah, today we are kind of talking about the the flip side of that coin um, maybe not the flip side of the same coin, but the opposite of shameless audacity, what we're calling religious indifference. And uh, as we were going through our devotions uh, that we share in the mornings, um, kind of looking through other places in Scripture, it's interesting where uh, this religious indifference shows up, that the people who could have been or should have been the closest to God kind of had this cool disdain for him, or even in some instances, as we'll kind of dive into, they Jesus was there in their area, and they're like, get away from us. We don't want anything to do with you. And how do we get to that point? Like, what has to happen in a person's life when they see God doing good things and things getting put right, and that's more concerning to them than demon possession and sickness and disease and, you know, so... Hmm. With that, we'll kind of launch into it. I know you've got some thoughts as well about this, so let's just go and see where the conversation takes us. I'll do my best. <laughs> Greetings, everyone, from Southside, Virginia. Um, compliments of the Internet. I'm with my best friend here, and he is in, what, Southside, Michigan? Southwest Michigan. Michigan. Southwest, yeah. yeah. Southwest, Southside, tomato, tomato. <laughs> anyway, so that, uh, yeah, high-speed fiber gives, gives us the – gift of gab and uh um friendship yes and face to face so thank you technology yeah last week was good uh we're talking about the shameless audacity and we have really kind of uh attempted to wrap our hands around that and uh and truly get a hold of it and i think we're still just scratching the surface but we had during the course of our conversation uh, we had kind of explored the, you know, if there's a shameless audacity, then would there be a shameful cowardice? A mm. Shameful, you know, because if they're shameless, then there has to be a shameful. Right. And that's kind of what launched us in today to the religious indifference, 
which would qualify as just that shameful cowardice. You know, there's dozens of um, words that would fit that. And uh, so, yeah, I have been thinking about that. And uh, I tried to do some research online to see if I could find something that was the opposite of shameless audacity. But I was just bombarded with shameless audacity, which is good. It's it's getting out there. And there's a lot of people talking about um, the fact that the Lord's Prayer didn't end with amen when Jesus yeah. was teaching that. I mean, he literally took a breath and said, suppose you have a friend. You know, we talked about that last week. So he just he literally, that's not the end of the prayer. That's not the end of the lesson, the instruction. He goes from the Lord's Prayer into suppose you have a friend. Then he implores them and um, just strongly encourages to, to don't stop praying. Don't stop asking. Don't stop knocking. So, um so that taking that in mind and that kind of cue, so going the opposite direction, and my goodness, man, there are just dozens and dozens of examples of this religious indifference, um, yeah. you know, shameful timidity or capitulation, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, and uh, Jesus never really got upset with anybody except the Pharisees. Right. You know, if you look in the word, I mean, he, they were exasperating to him, you know, yet he was constantly giving them, come on guys, you're yeah. the experts. You know, I love the chosen's, um, uh, uh, um, view, I guess, or interpretation of him and Nicodemus, Yeah, you know, Excellent. Oh my goodness, beautiful, Excellent. so beautiful, superbly done. I mean, you can't help but weep. I cried. And I still, when I still see it, I cry. It just, it's absolutely beautiful. You know, when he gets on his knees and Jesus says, you don't have to do that. <laughs> and he says, kiss the sun, lest you be, um, lest oh, you be angry, lest you be angry. Oh my gosh, Paul. It just, yeah, and Jesus's me. reply was blessed are all those who take refuge in him. Yeah. Wrecks me. So yeah. taking that in my, and I, I looked and, to see what I could find, there's the publican, you know, the tax collector and the Pharisee at the, you know, at the white wailing wall, which we, you know, would be today um, praying. Jesus uses that example. Um, this morning, though, in our devotion, um, it was when Jesus got in the boat and then he went over, he crossed to the other side to go to the Gadarenes, you know, and he's in the boat and the storm comes up. Um you know, and I've always wondered, um, where'd the storm come from? Right. You know, um, and he rebuked it. So, uh, I, I mean, yeah, you could, we could really kind of nerd out on the whole existential kind of person, right. you know, where the storm came from. And, you know, if it was came from his father, why did he rebuke it? You know, um, but he ended up in the Gadarenes with the, uh, naked crazy man. Right. And, um, yeah, full of demons. They, they couldn't, they could not overpower him. He was so strong and, um, you know, was filled with legions. And, and I've heard people say all kinds of comments that that, that was, you know, that the devil led this man to the Lord because, you know, he came to Jesus and says, why are you, what have you come to do to us? Right. You know, so interesting that, you know, 
he was led to the Lord by demons. <laughs> so there's another <laughs> riff. It's a whole, yeah, you could go down yeah. a deep rabbit hole there. Right, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you know, most of us know the story. Uh, Jesus, they beg him to go into the pigs. And they run, you know, pigs sometimes are smarter than we are. They, you know, they would rather drown than, you know, become deviled ham. So, but I bought Hey, hey, I'm here all week. <laughs> so, and you know, the the people. I mean, he's clothed and in his right mind. For he was naked and just absolutely, you know, he was demonic. And yeah, buck, buck naked, howling through the night. And uh, when he was clothed and in his right mind, they were afraid. They were afraid. So profound, being comfortable with the wrong things, and so. This is, you know, to make a, that was a long intro. Uh, in Mark five seventeen, they said, then the people began to plead with Jesus. They were praying. Um, and that's, they were, they were praying, pleading with him with shameless audacity. If you think about it, to leave. To leave. Go away. Right. Yeah, they prayed. They came asking, knocking, and seeking without remorse or apology. Um, yeah, there are more examples of the opposite of shameless audacity than we can count. This and this being one of unprecedented dismissal. Go away. Right. It's not a mixed message or a veil veiled request. It is a group of people who have become more comfortable with chaos than contentment. They literally prayed for the presence of God to leave. Yeah. And, uh, that it, I mean, that is, is that the opposite of shameless audacity or is it a twisted version of shameless audacity? Yeah. I mean, I think for every truth, there is a, you know, opposing lie. So it would make sense that, yeah, for shameless audacity to have and to go to any length to get the presence of God. Last week, you know, we talked about the two blind men that sat on the side of the road calling out, son of David, have mercy on us. And they refused to be to shut up when they were told to shut up and here we have the opposite jesus was there and they begged him to leave like that is shameless in a whole different way it i know and you know if you think about that paul he got in the boat and he left he didn't stay he didn't right. try to change their minds he didn't you know hey well, well let's talk about this let's have some fish sandwiches and let's talk about this Right. He left. So looking at this from, from today, from our perspective today, how applicable is this? Um, I mean, it sounds ridiculously crazy, but do we, can we dismiss God and choose the familiarity of upheaval over the comfort of Eden? And, you know, I mean, that's not shameless. That's shameful. Shameful. That's shameful audacity. Um, yeah. And it, this should be an extremely sobering cautionary tale of the opposite of shameless audacity. Uh, shameless audacity is the woman with the issue of blood, Jairus, you know, um, who came and fell at Jesus' feet in front of everybody. And uh, what was he, a temple leader? Uh, yeah, he was the leader of the synagogue, yeah. Yeah, he was a synagogue leader. And uh, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, 
they were all, you know, watching this guy. Uh, and uh, he fell at his feet, begged him to come and save his daughter. Yeah. Um, yeah, the woman with the issue of blood, the centurion who, you know, Jesus, you know, literally was uh, amazed at his faith and said, I've not seen faith like this in Israel. You know, the guy's not even Jewish. He's not an Israelite. You know, that had to be somewhat insulting, right. especially, again, to the Pharisees and Sadducees. And so to, those are examples, incredible, ex shining examples of shameless audacity, the two blind yeah. guys, uh, yeah. people that, you know, you get to that point and there's, uh, yeah, dignity is gone. You leave that at the door. You leave your yeah. shame. And I think sometimes that is really, it holds us back. It keeps us from falling at his feet. It keeps us from shameless audacity is, is that, that dignity, the, um, you know, are people going to make fun of me? Um, but right. sometimes, you know, when you're painted into that corner and you have nothing else left, then that's the easiest thing to do because you've got right. nothing. Yeah, believers with nothing left to lose are are probably in the 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 greatest position of shameless audacity when you are have exhausted your resources and you're slowly bleeding to death. There's nothing that's going to keep you from Christ. The woman right. with the issue of blood, the shameless audacity that she had, she shouldn't even been anywhere near him. She should right. have been outside the camp because she was unclean. But at sh her shameless audacity drove him to grab the hem of his garment, push through an incredible press of people who were following Jesus. Right. And uh, and she got healed and he didn't know who it was. Right. He looked at who did it, who touched me, and she finally can. You know, Mark's. Is, I think it's Mark. It's in one of those books. <laughs> she, she finally says, "I did," and he said, "Your faith has made you well." Yeah. So, um, I, I'm just kind of rambling now, but I. Uh, it's, it's so easy to talk about the shameless audacity because it's such a wonderful thing. Yes. That, uh, I, I find myself wanting to avoid talking about religious indifference because I don't want to see that in myself. I don't, it's scary to think that I could be around the things of God so much. And, you know, it's been just about two years since you and I yeah. heard the message of the great renewal and have I gotten used to that now? Have I gotten used to talking about Eden? Have I got, comfortable with uh yeah jesus is coming back in a hundred minutes as you know you and i were just talking before this broadcast right. has that thought gotten so common to me that i stop being thrilled by it have i gotten so used to going into church on sunday morning gathering with other people that call themselves followers of jesus that i stop expecting god to show up and do something amazing you know, I mean, we, I mean, you can look at the whole of the Old Testament. Israel saw God do these amazing miracles and deliver them from Egypt, and he parted the Red Sea. The, I mean, Scripture says that the water stood up like a wall on either side. Water, that's just like just we get so used to hearing these stories that we say them as if like, yeah, whatever. But we forget the awesome display of God's power. And then they were at Mount Sinai and they saw the fire come down on the mountain and they saw Moses' face glow from having been in the presence of God. 
And a couple of days later, they're saying, well, let's build us a, a big golden cow and worship it as the God that brought us out of Egypt. Like, are you outside of your mind? No. Come on. Like, it was less than a year ago that you saw <clears throat> right. do all these amazing things. And I, I mean, I can't judge Israel and condemn them. You know, it's the whole thing of like one finger pointing at somebody else and three more pointing back at me. I'm just as guilty, you know, yeah. of sitting in church and hearing the word of God preached. And I just have this cool religious indifference and I'm watching my clock, you know, watch to see when I can get out because I want to go home and eat lunch and just having... Yeah, that religious indifference toward the presence of God. It's something we have to constantly be guarding, guarding our hearts against because the press of the world, and John and Blaine brought it out in their podcasts on our ambivalence around the, turn of, the return of Christ, that uh, the, the statement was the world, the flesh, and the devil are completely committed to keeping us from the hope of the gospel, that um, that pressure is always there. We have to, not out of fear or out of um, any kind of, yeah, fear of like displeasing God or whatever, but just um, that needs to be the our highest priority, the presence of God with us, in us, through us, around us, coming out of us, touching other people. We have to make that our top priority and keep, our hearts guarded against the tendency to just get cold, to slow down, to ease up, to let off. And we saw it, you know, in that story of Jesus delivering the man from demon possession, they had, this wasn't the first time those people had encountered the presence of God, but they got so cold to it that eventually they could look God in the flesh in the face and say, get out of here. We want nothing to do with you. Yeah, you know, and that guy ended up going to the Decapolis to 10 yes. cities. He became an evangelist. He didn't go to school, yeah. didn't go to Bible college, um, didn't get a certificate. You know, he wanted to follow Jesus right then yeah. and there. The right former there. demoniac yes. wanted to follow him. He wanted to get in that boat with him <laughs> right then and there. I'm getting, yeah. I want to get in that boat. And Jesus said, no, go and tell people what God has done for you. Yeah. He went to the 10 cities and you got to, I wonder, you know, um, coming from that, you know, I mean, that's what a testimony, but right. how, you know, I'm sure he encountered a lot of, uh, indifference. Um, but after that, you know, I, I can't imagine him, him being anything, but completely audacious, shamelessly audacious in his sharing because coming from that and sharing with anyone and everyone who would listen right this former guy and there had i'm sure there were people that knew who he was you yeah. know and um uh, religious indifference gets in the way of the truth religious indifference will get in the way of the spirit of god it gets in the way of conviction it gets in the way of celebration it gets in yeah. the way of joy and excitement it gets in the way of of hope it gets in the way of peace it gets in the way of experience yeah it gets in the way of those things it, it um it questions them and uh, convolutes them and it keeps people from 
the presence of God. Yeah. And so looking at that, I was curious, I was going to ask just, you know, kind of um, rhetorically unrhetorical, <laughs> how, you know, looking at that, you know, even looking at that story, and it's easy to look back and, you know, like when you were talking about, you know, they what they they crossed through uh, the, you know, over on dry land through the river. Mm -hmm. They saw the Egyptian army completely annihilated and destroyed. And God, uh, you know, gave them, uh, you know, to the, the waters of Mara, the bitter waters, which they're still there to this day. And mm -hmm. they have dolomite. They, they found mineral compounds of dolomite and another um, it strengthens your heart and then it cleanses their system. So basically mm -hmm. they, they all you know, stunk the place up. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a laxative. And then they started their journey and they went to Sinai and all of these things, you know, they were all eyewitnesses of it. They saw it all, they experienced and you're right. And then the next minute, you know, they're, they're worshiping a golden calf. And we look at that and we think, how could they have done that? I would have never done that, but they it's easy did to it. Think that. Yeah, it's easy to think those things and it's easy to look at the Bible and read these stories, these accounts, the parables and some of these parables. And I think most of them, to be perfectly honest with you, um, my perspective, they're true stories. Jesus wasn't pulling hmm. them out of the air. I think that, um, you know, I mean, he said before Abraham was, I am. I am. Yeah. And, you know, he he knew who Elijah was on the, on the Mount of Transfiguration. He knew who yep. that, he was talking with them. Like, hey, yep. man, how you been? Were, <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> so for him, I don't think these were just abstract. I think they were, they actually happened. That's me. You know, again, I'm, yeah. I'm not a theologian, but I think these were things he knew, yeah. you know, and you've often quoted that, uh, uh, he was uh, crucified from the foundation of the world that he yeah. was with God at, the, you know, at the creation of the world. So I don't think he had to make stories up. I think he was using examples that actually happened and he presented them as parables. So anyway, I'm sure that some, you know, some, some uh, fuzzy face theologian, as you usually say. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. But you know, you're a fuzzy face, but you're not a theologian. You're a fuzzy face friend. <laughs> you're a fuzzy face friend. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that being said, for, you know, it, like I was saying, to make a long story longer, it's easy to look at these and look at these stories. And some of them we've read hundreds, if not thousands of times yep. over and over. And to look at them with the, just a tinge and hint of religious indifference. Mm -hmm. Who were somehow, oh, I would have never done that. And yet, Peter, I'll never yeah. deny you, Lord. And he did. He did. And he, yeah. he cast out demons. He healed the sick. He, you know, he, he dropped his nets to follow Jesus. Um, you know, hacked off Malchus's ear in the garden. Uh, I mean, he was there, man. He was in it to win it. He was in the thick of it. Yeah. He was in the fight. He was with Jesus. He saw and heard all of these things. He's one of his closest disciples. And yet, religious indifference. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, how 
how do we address that, I guess, in ourselves and how, oh gosh, how do I phrase this? And because if, you know, if Peter was prone to it and so many other believers who saw and experienced things that we can only read about and imagine, Paul, how do we keep that without those experiences? Wouldn't it kind of be easier, I guess, for that to creep into our lives with all the distractions? I think it's entirely possible. Um, I know since I'm not a uh, fuzzy faced theologian, um, I can't speak about uh, things that commentaries and all of that may say, but I will speak from my own experience <clears throat> being your fuzzy faced friend. Um, it's our friendship and the warrior poets that has helped me start to turn the tide against that cold indifference. Um, I've shared about it on our, on previous episodes that, uh, the weekend that you and Preston and I spent there at your house, um, back in 2018, I think it was, yeah. um, it changed. It, it really set the stage for me to be ready to hear the message of the great renewal because that brothership and that kinship and that being able to laugh about silly stuff and share a meal and uh, really dive in and talk about heavy things and just hearing you and Preston, you know, engage with one another about the things of God helped to soften my heart. And I spent that whole weekend um, just crying uncontrollably <laughs> and I didn't even know why. And so that's anybody that, you know, would come to me and say, I feel like, I'm stuck in this religious indifference and I don't like it, but I don't know how to get out. That would be my answer is like, find somebody like what you and I have. Find another person that will uh, pray with you and believe with you and just be a friend like, yeah. um, and, and remind you because we all have moments when the fog starts to creep back in and we feel that coldness and, um, you know, we're in church on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or whenever, and uh, we just, we catch a glimpse of ourselves not really being engaged. We're there in body, but we're just kind of checked out. We've all been there. I've been there for, yeah. I've been there for years and some po points in my life. Um, but it takes authentic, genuine fellowship uh, with one another. And then honestly, just be bold enough and audacious enough to take that stuff to God. I think shameless audacity is the antidote to religious indifference. Mm. Oh, that's, that's good. We have to take that stuff to God and say, I need your help so much because wow. I feel this in myself. That's why shameless audacity is so important. It is the antidote to religious indifference. That is beautiful. That's it. That's so good. And I think, you know, that you're saying, and so it is our culture is it's hard to find what we have to it find is. that friendship, that brotherhood. Um, you know, it, it is, and um, so it, it starts by looking. But as you were talking, I thought of shameless audacity, it may begin, it should begin in prayer, yes. Jesus, you know, he finished that, you know, um, I'll be the name, the kingdom become that will be done, or, you know, 
yada, yada. Um, for yours is the kingdom and the power of the glory forever. Amen. Suppose you have a friend. So he continues teaching and it's about shameless audacity. So they're linked, but that shameless audacity should never, ever start and end in prayer. It should literally leak out. Yes. Into every arena of our life. And it really, you know, he's talking about your church experience and being plugged into a local church is that shameless audacity should become evident to everyone, you know, um, not in, you know, kind of a showy, you know, Hey, look at me, but that's, it's still, it applies in worship. It applies in prayer. It applies in friendship. It applies in faith. It applies in, in interaction with other believers and, and even non-believers in every day and every arena of our life. That shames, we should be shamelessly, shamelessly audacious in our kindness, in our generosity, in yes. our hope, in our faith, in the peace, in, in our conversation. And communion with one another, with every person that we meet, that shameless audacity should continue just to bubble to where it becomes that fountain in everything we say, even just looking and greeting a person or something in a grocery store, you know, that's, yeah. and that, that's where that audacity just because, because really the kingdom of God is audacious, isn't yes. it? It, 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 you know, I mean, his glory is going to cover the earth. Right. That's audacious. You yeah, know, Jesus said it starts. It's the smallest yeah. seed that grows into the largest plant. That is audacious. Yes, it is. Yeah. And we're a part of that. And we have that, you know, so it, it's, it becomes infectious. It becomes something that people are drawn to and it starts in people like you and I. You know, and, and it's something, a weekend with food and fun and friendships, it started there. Yeah. You know, it affected the, all three of us, you know. And other people have joined us in our daily devotions and, and our, you know, running commentaries. Of, um, and again, we're not theologians. We're just people that love God and want to live a better life, want to yeah. live the life that God called us to live, to be better humans, to be more human than, than we've ever humaned. You know, like Jesus is more human than any human has ever humaned. And uh, that, you know, that's kind of the goal. And there is a, a, a shameless audacity that uh, is the impetus to move in that direction. And yeah. it's the religious indifference that, that holds it with closed fists to where we hang on, you know, hang on. Jesus is coming back. He's coming soon. Hang on. You know, my gosh, man, let's live, let's love, let's celebrate, let's be shamelessly audacious in the love of God. Yeah. You know? I yeah. Mean, that's, yeah. That's good. You know, as you and I were talking last night, kind of ramping up for this today, um, we talked a bit about the story of the, the Good Samaritan. Everybody knows the story. You know, oh, yeah. it's a universal term in our culture, right. the Good Samaritan. And as as I was thinking about that, um, so the, the scandal there was that this Jew, the Jews and the Samaritans hated one another. They had this longstanding kind of family feud that uh, kept them from – mingling, interacting, and it was portrayed really well in um, The Chosen Again, 
the last season of or the last episode of season one and the first episode of season two, they hated the the Jews hated the Samaritans. Yeah. So here's this Jew mugged, laying in a ditch, left for dead. Uh, another Jew comes by, a priest, and just completely ignores him. Walks by on the other side of the street, doesn't want to be infected by you know this bloody beaten up person and a couple other you know religious folks come by and do the same thing those religious priests didn't start their indifference when they saw the guy laying in a ditch the indifference started with god mm. and flowed out of that indifference flowed out of them toward their fellow man and so as you and I were talking about this last night, the thought occurred to me, it's really difficult to be indifferent toward God, but super generous with people, you know, because that in, that indifference is infectious. It's, it's a disease. It's a cancer that seeps into every part of our lives the same way audacious generosity and kindness and benevolence should. Mm. So, um, yeah, we th there has to be the will there will be in our search to be audacious and to participate in God's audacious kindness and love, it will spill over into the way we treat other people. Absolutely. That's a really good observation about the indifference. It didn't start with the Samaritan. It started with God. And there's some key words in that verse that yeah. it says when they came down from the temple, which meant yeah. they had just been, they just left church. Yeah. They just finished because the temple Mount was on the hill. Mm -hmm. So they can when they that means they've just said they had just finished their service and they probably wouldn't go back from anywhere from 30 to 60 days. So helping this guy, even according to their, um, you know, stringent laws of cleanliness, um, they would have been fine. They would have, right. you know, made sacrifices, washed their hands and their clothes or whatever. And there's still ceremonial purity and all of yeah, that. They still yeah. would have been able to fulfill their next shift. Yep. And uh so you're, you're right. That indifference, it doesn't start with God. And religious indifference, like shameless audacity, will serve anyone and everyone. Whether yeah. it's a, a leper, a loser, you know, or whatever. Right. Religious indifference serves only the person that holds it. It only yeah. serves themselves. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It serves himself and it literally becomes a, a lie. It will become a lie that mm. um, that you serve because it, it you can't. Well, how do I say this? It only serves you, but eventually you end up serving it. You right. become cha chained and shackled. You're not free. Right. There's no liberty. There's no life in it. Um, yeah, and it helps no one. Right. You know, to kind of build on that thought uh, earlier we were talking about uh, is there an opposite audacity and i think the what is behind that religious indifference and that cold indifference toward our fellow man is a fear that if i give this up if i if i hold my whole life with open hands i'm not going to have enough for me god's not enough god does god can't provide for my needs so i have to hang on to this and that's an audacious um we i don't think we would ever say it 
out loud, but it's a claim that we're making through our actions. Actions speak louder than words. God, you are not enough. So this, I have to hold on to this. That is audacious because he's the God who literally created everything out of nothing. Mm. What could, what are we afraid of losing by being shamelessly audacious in our generosity and our kindness and our love and our forgiveness? That's good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Mm. That's, yeah, that's, I needed this. Yeah, me too. I needed this. I don't know if you saw it earlier. I got started to get a little choked up because I'm seeing some things in myself as we're talking. I'm reflecting and I'm like, oh, I see some stuff that I don't like. And I want to go to God and say, please, please take this indifference out of me. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't want to miss an opportunity to be the only Jesus that somebody may ever see to get somebody into the kingdom of God, to give them the opportunity to experience the great renewal. And that's what that indifference does. It keeps us from it and it keeps us from being the person that may help somebody else get into the kingdom of God. I like it. I like it. Yeah. We, I know that I need that too in my own life because I have the things that I constantly have to remind myself praying yeah. with open hands, open hands. It's just the little, the smallest little piece of indifference can come in and wreck the shameless audacity. Because if you think about it, Jesus was shamelessly audacious mm-hmm. towards what he gave and did for us. Yeah. He was seriously shamelessly audacious, you know? Yeah. He held nothing back. Exactly. He held nothing back and feared nothing. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes it's that little, that plank, you know, the plank in our own eye. I've had so many planks in my eyes, I could build a small city. (laughs) So, (laughs) right. Yeah. And uh, I know it's a constant thing. And, and I'm, I'm, convinced that that's why we have been uh, exhorted to not forsake fellowship of the saints to not absolutely gathering together yeah. because our culture is hard on men you know we have been become such an isolated demographic and uh that lone wolf mentality of you know the the one you know the guy on the bike with the dusty leathers dried right. out by himself. There's some, somehow we, you know, we romanticize that, you know, and that guy could be so broken and so lonely and so lost that he would give anything for someone to be shamelessly audacious with kindness. Yeah. You know, cause that's I, good. Yeah. We all that's need good. that. We do. All yeah. right. Thank you, everybody, for going with us on this journey. Yes. This is literally, I mean, we don't script these out. This is just you and I start with a topic and some general kind of directions, but then it's just a conversation between us and things pop up in the middle and yeah, know, just kind of sharing as God has poured into us. So mm-hmm. um, if you want to connect with us, you can reach us at info at the cosmiccarwash.com. And uh, you can also leave comments here in the videos. Uh, Please like them. So 
Uh, more people see them, the more likes we get, the more people see this. And I'm not so concerned, and I know you're not about people seeing our face, but we want people to hear the good news of Jesus Christ and the message of the kingdom of God. And, uh, yeah, please subscribe as well. Um, and, yeah, uh, I think it's safe to say that I have a face made for radio. So. <laughs> A face made for reading a book. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, so be sure to lay hands on the like button and yes. uh, anoint it with oil. Not literally, so figuratively <laughs> speaking, yeah. Smash the like button. And uh, remember, we always close our podcast with this, always, always that God, God is, is not, not mad, mad at you. At you. Yeah. Yes. God's not mad at you. All right. Thank you, everybody. Yep. We love you.